0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, typically we don't think of surrender as a form of personal empowerment, Rather, we think of surrender in terms of defeat, waving the white flag and feeling forever after that like the loser. But surrender is allowing the soul to be itself. Surrender is allowing the authentic self to run the life. Surrender is getting in the zone. The problem is most of us don't know how or when to do it. We don't know how to let go. We don't know how to get into the flow of our own authenticity. Well, this show is not only going to define surrender in its deepest and most essential meaning, but it's going to demonstrate the hows and the wins of surrender. So you want to stay here for the whole show today. Don't miss a bit of it. So let's give give us kind of a definition now. Let's start with defining what surrender is and isn't. Um, Surrender recognizes that there is a deeper self. That a deeper, more authentic way of viewing life than what the, one, the lenses through which we typically see life through the mask and costume that all of us have been taught to wear, to please society, to perform, to fit in, to, to be a part of, to belong to, all of those things are the reasons why we left our authenticity back in the background in the closets, in the back rooms, in the back burners of our lives in order to live out of this something that other people needed us to live out. And so we've been doing that. And, you know, we would say, well, we're good social beings because we know how to do that. But first I want to say this, and this really doesn't have so much to do with surrender as it is the understanding of uh, uh, the concept that will lead us to surrender and that is that unless we as individuals can live into our authenticity and demonstrate that for our social world, the social world will never change. There are so many things in our social world that are inauthentic. I mean, just right off the top of my head, I can think of of, of the the way that a woman's body is supposed to look now today as opposed to the way it was supposed to look back in the 1980s when I was a younger woman uh, than I am now, where Twiggy was the, was the rage of the day and everyone was supposed to be flat-chested and, flat, uh, and flat-bottomed and and very skinny and be almost so thin as to be inconsequential. It was almost a way of saying women don't really exist uh, and it's the psychology of that began to be noticed by people who noticed those things and began to be pointed out to the social world. And so we began to evolve to another place. Uh, and fashion now is to be um, large, to have a large uh, bottom, to have, be big busted, to have full lips, to have this well round look, but not, not, you know, overweight. So there's that mix of trying to get the right body into place, and there's so many people that are plasticizing their body in order to make that happen. They got to have just the right tush, just the right size of bosom, and just the right size of lips, and then finally they'll get to be worthy people, uh, you know, as as society has it set out for us. And there's so many women out there, and I talk to them daily who are who are uh, just entranced with this idea of how a woman should look. And so they are trying, striving ever to look that way. And they can't quite manage it because their body form isn't that way. They may have very nice physiques, very nice bodies, but they don't believe that because it doesn't fit the image that our social world has put out there for us to accept as the perfect body image. And so they keep working and chiseling away with their body and their psychology to try to make it fit and mold that. And it's so dangerous and so mentally, psychologically, uh, distorting and and harmful to the psyche that uh, you know we we want to we live our lives into that, and and yet it is so absolutely utterly false. And in five years, it'll change. There'll be a whole new definition of how the perfect woman ought to look. Maybe, hopefully, it'll get to the place where the perfect woman looks just like you. That's what I want it to look like. I want to hear the magazines and the the movie stars and all those people say, the perfect woman looks just like you. And then maybe we'll be able to to enjoy our authenticity a little bit more. In the meantime, we have to work against what society teaches us in order to be with our authenticity. So how would that be surrender if we're having to fight off what society says in order to be with ourselves. Well, it isn't really fighting off uh, society as much as it is surrendering to the self. Once you surrender to the self, then there is no fight with society. And so that's, that's what we want to talk about. So many people believe that in order to be the authentic self, they have to be rebellious and you know, stand out and hold a flag and be ready to be knocked down and thrown into jail, and you know, march on Washington, so to speak, psychologically, to in order to, in order to become an authentic person. We have to fight the good fight, don't we? Think that's what we have to do to in order to be a, a good person, or and or an authentic person, which a lot of people translate. Transpose those terms and I don't agree with that transposition but so you know what we're saying here is that that belief is one that does not call surrender. So if I'm an adolescent boy and I want to wear blue jeans to school and my school has a uniform code and I say, well, I'm just not going to obey that because I'm going to be an authentic person today. I'm going to wear my blue jeans because that's what my authentic self says I'm going to do. Then I go marching into school with my blue jeans on and, of course, they toss me out on my ear and call my parents and I have to go home and change clothes. Well, what have I accomplished? I'm first nothing and second, I've been in a royal fight. But have I really been authentic? Is, really, my life, my, my idea about authenticity comes down to a pair of pants? Seriously? No, that's not authenticity. That's a war of rebellion against some should that society puts forth. And while I think that uniforms may or may not be useful in school, way, while I may have certain political opinions and may have certain religious or spiritual opinions, those things are all about what goes on in the external the surrender to authenticity is all about what goes on in the internal of me, okay? So, I, you know, do I believe that I should stand up or can and, and want to, actually passionately want to stand up and speak out about things that I think are wrong in the social world or things that are unfair or harmful to people or abusive to people? Absolutely. And I make that stand every day. But does that make me authentic? No. Is that an authentic? uh, Is it authentically coming from me? Yes, because that's what I truly want to do in my soul. But would that, in and of itself, that behavior, in and of itself, make me an authentic person? No. Unless it is coming from my soul, it's not authentic. And that—that I want to be clear about today more than anything else. Unless it is coming from my soul, it's not authentic. It's just coming from. You know, I should be out there marching because this is unfair to people. That's a should. Uh, Or if it's coming from some kind of noble sacrifice, that's a should. If it's coming from an idea, uh, an idealism about myself that I'm this courageous person who goes out and fights the good fight and all these other people are wrong, and I'm the unique, I have a terminal case of uniqueness because, you know, that's what I was raised to believe that I should have in order to survive. Well, that's a role. That's an identity. It isn't. It isn't authentic at all. So we need to first get clear um, on authenticity in order to understand that surrender to authenticity is an inside job. Authenticity is my deepest, most essential self. My authentic self is my deepest, most authentic, most genuine essence. It is the core of me. It is not. It's not my my behaviors in and of themselves. It's not my thoughts in and of themselves. It's not my words in and of themselves. It's not my feelings in and of themselves. All of those things can come from my identity. But there might be a difference that I can feel internally between the feelings that come from my soul and the feelings that come from my identity. So let's say I have that identity as the terminally unique, I call it terminally unique person who, who's just got to be different. They go, anytime they go to, you know, a, a friend's house or, or a party or a, an event of any kind, what their main goal is, is to show themselves to be different from everybody else in the group. They make little comments that make them stand out as different. They um, dress in ways that make them stand out as different. They wear their hair in ways that make them stand out as different. And the only purpose in all of that is not to accomplish anything except I am different from you. And for some people, that has become a survival technique. Um, And in their family of origin, perhaps it's the only thing that allowed them to to not be uh, totally dismissed in their family or to not be become invisible in their family or to uh, be connected to another bunch of terminally unique people or, you know, whatever. It was a way of, of, of surviving in their family of origin and it just stuck and they began to live that out into their adolescence and adulthood and they uh, are going to be unique even if it kills them. That's why I call it terminally unique. So if I'm that person and my goal, conscious or unconscious, is to just be different and that's what I'm going to do. Now, other people might look at me and say that I'm so different from everybody else that I must be being authentic. But that isn't authentic. It's an identity. Uh, it's a way of surviving. I don't even know what I genuinely feel, what kinds, kind of clothes I really want to wear, or what kind of hair I really want to have, or how I really genuinely feel about anything. What are my truest desires? What, do, what is it that, are, that is my truest, most essential goal in life? What, what are those things? I don't know those things. I just know I've got to be different. So you see the difference between the role and the authentic self is, is very apparent when we get down to that level. But from the outside world, it's not always apparent. And even from our own internal, you know, uh, um, I don't want to say awareness because that implies more consciousness, but our internal uh, machinations, I'll say it that way, our internal uh, functioning can be very closely allied to the identity, to the role, to the mask and costume instead of the authentic self. So uh, surrender to the authentic self is going to be an inside job that's going to be intense and very deeply connected to something very real inside of us. And only we're going to know whether or not we're genuine at first. And eventually it will become such an energy about us that other people will feel it too. But at first, it's going to be just us and us. So, all right. So the definition of surrender then implies that you have to understand that there is an authentic being inside of you. And that that person needs expression. And that person needs a voice in your life. And that perhaps the only reason for living is to express that voice, is to be that person. With gratitude that you have that person inside of you to be. Um, and w- so what we typically think that means is, well, then I just have to go ho- home and talk to my parents and I have to tell them what I really think about all the things they did and, you know, I have to confront them and I have to confront all these other people that are telling me what to do and I just have to be at war, you know, with all the world and I'm going to lose all my friends, nobody's going to like me anymore because they're used to me doing the old thing I've always done and it's going to be a pain in the ass but that's not what it's about. It's not about confronting anyone else. It's not about telling anybody else what you think of them or what they did. It's not about um, even forgiving them for what they did. It's it's about you finding you. So surrender to the authentic self is an exploration that opens you to receive the authentic self in all that it has to give. And that means that we have to look at the other things that are being said inside of us. So, what else is being said inside of us is usually coming from the identity. So, we may have messages that come from our emotions. So, let's say there's some kind of financial something going on, layoffs in my company, let's say. There's layoffs in my company happening, and I'm really scared that the next person's going to be me. Well, that's a very real fear and one that we all have, but there would be people out there who would tell us, now, don't be afraid. Being afraid is, is lack of courage, and you just don't need to be afraid. You need to get busy doing whatever you need to do to take care of yourself, but don't be afraid. Well, what that's telling us is that our fear is wrong, and there are so many people out there right now saying that. Um, even our dearest um, spiritual leaders sometimes will tell us that fear is in opposition to love. But what they don't know is how many loving ways fear has of taking care of us. So trying to make that fear go away is not surrender. That's what we would say. Well, if I'm going to be a real person, I'm going to face this challenge, and I'm going to face it head on, and I'm going to just be fearless. That's not fear. That's not authenticity, and that's not surrender. Uh, that's a game we're playing with, with our emotions. That fear has a message to give us, and surrender means hearing the message, sitting with that feel, feeling long enough to hear what it has to say so that it can communicate to us uh, what it really intends to communicate. So the fear might be saying, um, you know, if we look under it, we might find some excitement that's one of the things I hear frequently, that, that really I didn't want this job anyway, and gosh, it wouldn't it be nice to not have to do this work every day? I really hate this job. So now there's a possibility I'll get laid off, and I don't want to really tell myself that I'm excited about that. So it comes forward in the only channel left to it as Fear. It feels like that excited anxiety that you might have when you're about to go out on that first date with some guy you really are very attracted to or some girl you really are very attracted to, and you've got butterflies in your stomach. And so you feel that that feeling of fear, but if you look with it, you sit with it, you talk to it, you listen to it, what you begin to understand is that it's really trying to tell you that you're excited about this. This is... This is an opportunity for you to get off the hook. You get some severance pay so you can actually go out there and find another job that you really enjoy. Wow, this is exciting. But I don't want to know that because who that's, you know, that puts makes me responsible for finding something I really want to enjoy. So I don't really want to know that. Let's don't think about that. Think about that tomorrow, Scarlett. So, let's, <laughs> you know, that's how it gets pushed back into fear again. So, you see what I'm saying here is that the surrender means Allowing the fear to say what it has to say and listening to it as if what it has to say is real and very important to my well-being. And that's just one example of many, many others that we could give about that same scenario about being laid off and what fear could offer in that situation. Um, and we might talk about some of that some more as we go forward. But but for right now, I guess the most important thing to know is that every one of our emotions has a message to give us. And it, uh, that message is very, very important to our authenticity. And even if the emotion is coming from the identity, we can still get lots of information from it that will tell us more about what that identity's messages are and, 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 and help, allow us to develop some more self-empathy for the identity, etc., cetera, et cetera, And we'll be talking some more about that. So we're going to really get into this whole thing about surrender as personal empowerment. So stay here for the rest of the show today. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
0: Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers but are looking for more? The Open Door. Brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse Brings you each week practical spiritual teachings And tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness And the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy As we explore the universe of spirituality Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time On the 7th Wave Channel
1: Seek greater awareness.
0: You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's one 866 472 Five seven nine five. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andrea.matthews Now back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
1: And the Authentic Living show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. AIHT offers degrees in interfaith and interspiritual educational programs that enable you to not only find your own authentic spirituality but to bring your unique gift to the world in service upon graduation. At AIHT, you can get a master's, doctorate, or ministerial bachelor's degree, and the doctoral programs are broken down so that you may get a Ph.D., a doctor of ministry, or in the holistic theology program, a doctor of theology degree. The programs in which you may get these degrees are holistic theology, holistic health, holistic ministries, metaphysics, and parapsychology. These courses offer depth and meaning to not only your own spiritual search for truth and meaning, but to your capacities to bring your healing, loving, guiding gifts to the world. The population of students includes doctors, lawyers, healers, nurses, ministers, counselors, psychologists, social workers, nutritionists, herbologists, homeopathy practitioners, psychics, mediums, and many others who have a special gift but need to learn to hone it and credential it. It also includes students who simply wish to enhance their own profound spiritual journeys. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality spirituality by utilizing as your text writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world you can learn more about what's offered by going to www.aiht.edu or if you'd like to talk directly to the admissions director call beverly love at 800-650-4325 you know oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world a passport to freedom call and get your passport today And we're talking today about surrender. What is surrender? And is it possible that surrender could be seen as a form of personal empowerment? Now that's a very strange concept for us to consider because we don't think of of surrender in terms of power. And typically we think of power in its uh, wrong terms as well. We think of power in terms of influence over other people. That's how we we, so we talk we talk about people being very powerful, and what we mean is that they have a lot of influence over other people. But personal empowerment is not influence over other people. Personal empowerment is living into your truest self, from your deepest self, as yourself. And that's why surrender is a form of personal empowerment because it allows us to do that very thing. It allows us to surrender to that very thing. So before the break, we were talking about emotions and how they can help facilitate that surrender by giving us messages. And we said that in order for, for us to get the messages, we have to surrender to the emotions. So, so uh, we gave the example of being afraid because someone we, were about, we we've thought we might be about to get laid off uh, from a job. And that's a, a common fear and one that is very realistic. We might actually get laid off. Uh, But what is the fear telling us? We said that it could be telling us that we're really excited about being laid off because we've hated this job all along anyway, but we really don't want to know that we're excited about that because that's a little too close to taking responsibility for our lives, and we're a little bit afraid of that. And so sitting with that allows us to not only see that we're excited about the possibility of creating a life that we really want, but also it allows us to see that we are indeed afraid of being responsible for our own lives. Most of us have some level of fear about that because we've, we've wanted, all, uh, there's a part of us always that wants to go back to the womb. The world is not an easy place to live in. and We just talked about how distorted some of society's beliefs are about how, for example, one example of millions of others, about how the uh, female body should look. So these distortions are confounding to us, and we don't know what's true and what's false, and so we're scared a lot. And not only that, but we, we, uh, we do have that sort of um, push-pull inside of us that says part of me wants to be out there and uh, doing the Hallelujah Chorus for my life, And some part of me wants to be hiding in the womb where no one can see me and I don't really have to do anything and everything I need is already supplied for me. Now, what I would say is that when we get into the authentic self, both things are true. That there is an energy about life that does absolutely take care of us. It's what you call that life, you call it God, you call it uh, Brahma, you call it whatever you know, the Buddha nature, whatever you want to call it, there is something true about this thing that life has a way of taking care of us. There's many people today that call it the universe. The universe takes care of us, you know, and we can see this sometimes, we don't see it all day, every day for most of us, but we do see it sometimes in the synchronistic events that happen in our lives that... Uh, we will go to the doctor and the doctor will talk to us about a particular medicine that we were a little bit reticent to take. And, you know, we start to really get some information about that medication. And then, you know, a few hours later, we suddenly read online something that we weren't even looking for that just sort of popped up about that very medication. And we, we get to see that, well, huh, that's interesting. That was a synchronistic event. So synchronicity is a word that Carl Jung um, came up with uh, it w- that describes an event that matches an, inter- an external event that matches an internal event. So uh, he talked about that in particular about a person that he was working with who had a dream, who came into his office and told him about the dream, and he was talking about this dream about a scarab. And while they were talking about the dream about the scarab, all of a sudden they heard this thunk on the window. And they went to look at what it was, and it was, lo and behold, a scarab. So what that did is give that dream a very numinous power, because now there was an external event that matched it. And uh, so we can definitely see sort of the workings of what some would call the universe or God or life or whatever, the Buddha nature, the Christ nature, whatever you want to call it. You can see that working in the lives of of, you know, the inner self, as we go through life, we can see some of those synchronistic events that the external, where the external matches the internal, and we go, oh, life is somehow taking care of me. And we see it for a minute, and then we dismiss that, because, you know, the world says, no, 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 you have to be out there, and tough, and strong, and fighting with the world, and making your own way, and, you know, that thing. (laughs) And we believe that when somebody says to us, you are personally responsible for your life, that that is what they mean. We don't believe that it means that the authentic self, in its very natural, organic essence, really does know how to take care of us. We mean we should be out there fighting and doing and having and getting and being smart and being smarter than everybody else and competing and doing all those things in order to make ourselves okay. And if we're not doing those things, we're going to fail, fail, fail. That's what we think of when we think of personal responsibility. And so, when somebody says you're responsible for your life, we think, oh my God, no I, don't, no, I can't do that. I can't be that smart, competitive, always on the edge, on top of everything, person all the time. I can't be that. Well, here's the good news. You don't have to be, okay? Surrender does not mean that you have to be that person. Surrender means that you can surrender to the authentic self and it will show you that it takes care of you. And there's a reach that the authentic self has about our lives. It reaches into what is ours. It cannot reach into what is not ours. And there's a lot out there that is not ours. Okay? But it will reach into what is ours. And what is ours is I have a me, and my me has a life. And so that life is mine. Okay? That's it. That's the sum total of what I own on this planet. I own me, and I own my life. Now, that doesn't mean that things can't come into my life that I don't like. (laughs) There will be those things, there have been, and there will be yet again those things that come into my life that I don't like. But I can learn to surrender to the deepest essence of my being about those things. I'm not surrendering necessarily to those things. It would be extremely difficult, for example, for me to say, well, I just surrendered the fact that I had an automobile accident now I'm Paralyzed. That would be very difficult for anyone to do. We do maybe get, uh, eventually get to acceptance of that. But I can surrender to my internal processes about that. I can surrender to, okay, this is what's happened to me. And here's what's going on inside of me about that. And let me listen to the messages that that has to give me. And let me grieve. Let me go ahead and grieve. And that's one of the things we tend to want to avoid when, when it comes to this, this thing of personal empowerment. We tend to want to say, "Well, if I'm personally empowered, I will never be sad or angry, or, or uh, are bargaining with life. I will never do those things because I'm personally empowered." No, personal empowerment means being with those things as they occur inside the psyche, so that you can really take what is yours from those things and make them more yours. Um, and so, when we're when we're talking about living into Surrender, what we're talking about is really owning, really owning the territory of the self and the life, walking into the life as a self and living into the truest essence of who I am. Now, that's true in terms of the negative, what we call the negative emotions, which I would call the more difficult emotions. I don't think there is any such thing as a negative emotion, but there's a lot of, uh hype out there right now about not feeling negative emotions and not having negative thoughts that i I guess i have to use the word so you'll know which thoughts and feelings i'm talking about but i would call them not negative but difficult because i don't think there is anything that's negative or positive i think it's all neutral until we decide what it is and then we we decide what it is and that's what we make it so uh so when we have these difficult emotions uh, that come up, they they are the the ones that sort of drag us deep into the into the authentic self, because we simply seem to have no other option. I mean, we do have other options. We can go get drunk. We can you know go have sex. We can go smoke a cigarette. We can. There's lots of things we can do besides um, li- dealing with these emotions in a really authentic way. But they keep tugging at us, you know, and in order for me to keep burying them, I'll have to keep drinking or smoking or having sex or, you know, and that's how an addictive pattern can very often start. But if I'm really going to let myself surrender so that I can have that personal empowerment, I'm going to have to be able to open to to those feelings. And so those difficult feelings of grief can bring us to... Uh, the essential meaning of anger, which is, I am here, I am real, and I matter. And that is a, a significant first step to being able to really be a me. There has to be a me in order for the life to belong to me. And as long as the me isn't really there, the life doesn't really belong to me. It belongs to whomever I happen to be with at the moment when I'm trying to please them or it belongs to the world. It belongs to anything or anyone but me. Um, so so when we're talking about these difficult emotions, they really can help us. Anger can help us. Sorrow helps us soften in a way that no other emotion can. It helps us to just be in those soft, vulnerable places inside of us that are, uh, that are as soft and, and vulnerable again as a baby, as a little tiny baby that needs us to take care of it. Um, and so, sorrow can, can put us in touch with that deeper part of ourselves that is just like that and needs us to be there and take care of it. And yet our vulnerability, speaking of per- surrender as personal empowerment, our vulnerability is our greatest strength because our vulnerability is saying um this is what you need. Go get this for yourself. This is, this is what will comfort you. Get it for yourself. This is what, uh, how hungry you are, how tired you are, how lonely you are, how sad you are. These are the things that you feel, so take care of yourself. What we tend to do instead is say, well, I shouldn't feel lonely and hungry and angry and tired. I shouldn't feel those things. Those are just you know weak feelings, and I don't want to feel those feelings, so let me just make them go away. And we feel a lot of shame about feeling those feelings. So we push them away. We pretend them are not there. And we don't realize how powerful those very same emotions are to give us back the thing that aches the most inside of us. The thing that aches the most inside of us is that empty hole where the authentic self should be. And those emotions can give that back to us. They can give us back our authentic self. And that's why surrender is personal empowerment. So, when, when, when we're talking about um, surrender as personal empowerment, being with those difficult emotions is, is really very important. It's also extremely important to be with the, the, the emotions that also are difficult for many of us, but are very powerfully um, um, receiving of life and life-affirming emotions like joy and excitement and the deep bond of friendship that makes us feel connected to other people, that sense of belonging that makes us feel like we really belong here on planet earth. And, and we belong in relationship with these people that we're related to. And, uh, the feelings of, of deep and overwhelming love that we might have for our partners, the, the feelings of, uh, deep joy and connection and amazement when we have a child, when we have a baby, these, these are, are are, not necessarily really difficult in terms of, of like anger and sorrow and, and fear and those kinds of emotions are, but they are difficult because we've been taught not to feel those too. We've been taught from infancy, don't get too excited, you know, calm down, sit still, you know, um, you know don't be so loud, just don't express too much in terms of the real potent wonderful, joyous emotions. Don't go running down the hall saying, yes, 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 don't do that. That's too noisy. <laughs> you know, don't do these things that express the the authentic emotions of joy. Um, don't go dancing in the rain. That looks silly. Stop, don't do that. The people will laugh with you. That's the kind of stuff we've been taught. And so we've suppressed even these amazingly, Uh, Life-affirming emotions that are so potent that tell us how rich and and profoundly fundamental life is that down at its very base roots there's this deep abiding joy and peace that we're here, that we are full of life, and that life is meaningful just because it's life. Those kinds of emotions really are powerfully persuasive if we let them become known. But because we had teachers who told us not to feel those feelings, not to express those feelings for sure, even if we felt them, uh, we don't let ourselves feel them. We will suppress even our joy because it's too loud for other people. It's not pleasant for other people to see us excited. Besides, we might make somebody jealous and, oh, my gosh, you can't do that. Uh, so so what I would say is surrender as personal empowerment means Letting ourselves feel all those wonderful life-affirming emotions as well and taking the message from them that life is rich and fulfilling and meaningful and, oh, my God, isn't it wonderful to be alive. That stuff. Would you like to feel that all day every day? Well, we have a greater shot at it if we feel it sometimes when it comes up to our awareness. Um, so so it's those things. That, the, those Those emotions are also very, very important now i'll say this really quickly before the break we have been taught in general not to have emotions we since the beginning of the age of reason reason was considered to be very very good and emotion was considered to be unstable and willy-nilly and it couldn't be trusted and so just don't go there just think and of course the more we don't think the more we don't know our emotions the more irrational our thoughts are because our emotions are meant to be thought about Uh, so uh So I would say emotions is one of those things that are, uh, as a group, one of those things that allow us into the deeper regions of ourselves and allow us some personal empowerment. In the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about how desire helps us get into the surrender that is personal empowerment. So we'll be right back after this break. You want to hear a little bit about Super Soul Sunday coming up this Sunday, so stay tuned for more.
0: This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you ready to shift into higher consciousness? Are you ready for contact with beings from higher dimensions? Ancient and new spiritual technologies will help you take that evolutionary step. Find out more about this powerful shift when you tune in to Conscious Evolution Radio with Ann Gilsheimer. Let's help humanity evolve, bringing in the best possibilities and ideas that our world needs right now. Conscious Evolution Radio can be heard live every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Everyone can learn to communicate with their loved ones in spirit. When you tune in to School of Miracles Radio with Heather Scavetta, you'll learn more about how to develop the ability to see, hear, and feel your loved ones in spirit, as well as spirit guides, masters, angels, and higher beings of light that make up the invisible world. School of Miracles Radio airs live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America's Seventh Wave Channel. Be Visionary. This is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel.
1: We're going to be talking some more about uh, surrender as personal empowerment. But before we go there, I want to tell you a little bit about this Sunday's Super Soul Sunday. It's going to be October the 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on the OWN Network. Oprah sits down with the youngest ever Nobel Peace Prize laureate and Pakistani activist Malala Yousafzai to discuss her mission to educate girls across the world, her spirituality, and how she has thrived following the Taliban's attempt on her life. Her story is renowned all over the world. In October 2012, at 15 years old, she was shot point-blank in the head by the Taliban because she spoke out on behalf of girls seeking an education. Today, she is the co-founder of the Malala Fund, which seeks to advocate and provide education to more than 60 million girls globally who are denied an education due to poverty, violence, or tradition. Also joining the conversation, Malala's father, Ziauddin whom she calls her great influence. An activist and education advocate himself, Malala has taken the values she's learned from her father and evolved it into a global movement. Plus, her critically acclaimed documentary, He Named Me Malala, portrays an intimate portrait of the girl behind the legend. So you don't want to miss this upcoming Sunday, Super Soul Sunday, October the 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on OWN. And so, as I said, we we're going to talk a little bit about surrender as uh, personal empowerment in terms of desire. Desire is another one of those things that's very poignantly uh, instructive towards that kind of uh, awareness of the authentic self. And so, surrendering to desire means realizing that we really, really do want this on a real soul level. Now, I want to be clear that When I say the word desire, I'm not talking about compulsion that says, uh, I'm just a little bit drunk and I need to be a little drunker, so give me another drink, please. That's compulsion. I'm not talking about compensatory desire that says, I want to become the CEO of the next company, of this company, excuse me, because I lived in poverty all of my life, and if I can become the CEO and earn $250,000 Two hundred fifty thousand to a million dollars a year, then I will finally erase my past and not have to feel the shame of my past anymore. That's compensatory desire, and it's not coming from the soul. It's coming from the identity's need to compensate for that shame. Um, and 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 so we need to be careful when we say the word desire that we really are talking about soul desire. Um, and because soul, soul desire is not either ego aggrandizement. So ego aggrandizement would say, I want this job because it's going to make me look really smart and prestigious, and it's going to make me a lot more money, and, and I'm going to really be on top of things then. That's the identity talking, not the soul. So these three things are not the same as uh, soul desire. Soul desire is a deep, almost biological longing. And one of the longings that most of us have at a deep, grounded level is a deep desire for peace. We want peace. We want life to be filled with joyful things, and we want the peace that underlies that joy, that that's not always waiting for the next shoe to fall, that's not always under the sword of Damocles, waiting for the next bad thing to happen, because, well, you know, we better hurry up and enjoy this now because tomorrow it'll be gone. Brene Brown speaks in her, uh, one of her books about um, you know, going into your child's room and looking at your child and you're just looking at them and you're flooded with this wonderful sense of love and connection and bondedness and you just love them so much and then all of a sudden in comes a thought that says, oh, what is going to be like if I ever have to lose them and we start crying and we've all done this, I've done it, we've all done it. Uh, what that means, she says, is that, we're, uh, we're not accepting, we're not allowing ourselves to really receive that deep connection that we have with our children and just let that be. No, there's always that sort of Damocles hanging over our head, that other shoe waiting to fall that says, oh, you can't have this for very long. Okay, so the peace that we long for is that peace that says, you know, this is mine and, I'm, I, and what, what is mine is me. <laughs> and I can't lose that. I can't lose me. Even when I live in an identity, the authentic self is still there underlying it, because if it wasn't, we'd be dead, okay? If we didn't have an authentic self under the identity, giving the identity the energy to to be the identity long enough to survive so that maybe we can find the authentic self, then we wouldn't exist at all. And yes, it's true that many people live in that identity the entirety of their lives they they, they come here, they put on the identity, they wear it for the rest of their lives until they die. That does happen. It happens frequently. From my perspective, that means they'll get another shot at it from another, in another life. Maybe you don't agree with that. Maybe that's you, there's only one shot at this. But, but from my perspective, I have a, a, a belief that they'll come back and that, even that life that seemed like they never got to the authentic self and seemed like a failure will be, there'll be something in that life, many somethings in that life that'll resonate and they'll be able to carry that with them forward into the next life so that they will have another shot at being in the authentic self in another life. And whatever they learned in this life will be part of what they carry with them so they won't have to relearn it in the next life. So I believe that and um, you don't have to agree with that, but that's what I believe. And so, yes, it is true that people can live out a whole life outside an identification with the authentic self, but it's also true that everything that happens in our lives, everything that happens in our lives is a calling to join the authentic self. Everything. That's a part of that surrender to life energy that we were talking about a little while ago, the synchronicity that says that life really does take care of us, that we don't have to be that person that's out there going, I got this, I'm in charge of everything, I'm on top of everything, I can compete with everybody, I'm on charge, I got it. We don't have to be that person. We can be the person who says, I surrender to my life essence, to the energy of my life. I can surrender to the essence of who I am, and it will carry me. That is surrender, and it is the greatest form of personal empowerment. And uh, it is not necessarily influence of other pe- over other people, as we said in the beginning, but other people will feel that. They will know when they're in the presence of authenticity, when it really does uh, become, uh, you become more aware of it. It becomes more available uh, to other people as well. So desire says, I really, really want this. This is something my soul really longs for. So what that does is to create a direction for your life. This is what I really, really want, so I'm gonna do what it takes to get that. So if peace is one of the things I really, really want, then I'm gonna start living my life as if that's what if as if that is what I want. So what does that mean? I might have to make decisions to draw boundaries to keep drama and and, and uh you know, inauthenticity out of my life. I might have to make decisions to do that in a way that says, no, I said I wanted peace, so I'm going to get peace. Um, And lots of times we feel like, well, that means I'm selfish. I'm just going after things that I want for myself. But here's the thing. If I go after my soul's desires, my soul will also be able to express in other terms, in terms of passion and compassion for other people. We don't have to have the shoulds and the ought tos to get us to behave right. There is enough in our authenticity to get us to behave right. We don't have to have all those external controls. We have internal expressions that will give to the world what we came here to give. But here's the reality. I can only live into myself. I can't live into you. I can't fix your life. I can't help your life. I can't uh, heal your life. I can't do that. I can't heal and help. And, ho- and fix my own life—that I can do—but I can't do that for you. You have to do that. But we very commonly have that just bass backwards. We we say I can fix your life, but let me leave my life hanging out there in the wind. Let me go to take care of you. Let me fix all the things going on in your life, and I'm going to lecture you and cajole you and nag you and try to get you to do the right thing, and then maybe you'll be okay. And then if you're okay, then maybe I can be okay. That's exactly backwards. <laughs> we can take care of ourselves. We can fix ourselves. We can make our own lives better. We can make our own lives real by surrendering to the, our authenticity. But we cannot fix, heal, or help other people. We can offer them assistance. They have to pick up that assistance and use it. That's where choice makes, makes a boundary between you and me. You have the choice as to whether or not you're going to receive whatever it is that I offer you. And I can only offer it. Beyond that, it's on you. So that's where surrender is also a kind of surrender to reality. So when I say I want to give myself peace, and I say, well, I'm going to make a boundary that says I'm not going to have all your drama in my life anymore. What that does is it offers me peace, and it also offers you peace. You may not choose to take that peace, but it is offering it to you. I'm saying, you know, I don't want drama in my life anymore. And you're looking at that and going, wait, uh, I'm the drama in your life? Oh, well, that's some feedback. That, mm, Boy, that's some feedback. Maybe I need to think about that. Now, you could do it that way. You could also get mad at me and say, well, you know, you didn't love me anyway and screw you. You know, you could do that too. But that's your option. That is not in my control. That is your choice. What's in my control is my soul needs peace, and I'm going to get it. That's in my control. So surrender is also recognizing the very fine line between you and me. Yes, we are all one, but that doesn't mean that we can all take in other people's lives. What oneness means isn't, It doesn't have anything to do with that R word, the responsibility word. It means that we are all one at a deep level. We're all connected. We're all a part of the life force. We're all a part of the divine. But that doesn't mean that I can fix your your identity. I can fix your life. I can make things better for you. No, you still have to do your part. If you're a molecule in the system, you have to do your part or it's not going to get done. And that's how we need to look at oneness. Each person is a molecule in the system. And each molecule has a job to do. So when we try to take over somebody else's job, we're not doing our own job. And so that job's not getting done. So we're, 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 when we're talking about this surrender as personal empowerment and desire and it's, as its function as a part of that, then what we mean is that desire can be, give us that life direction that says, okay, this is what I'm, I'm going to be going after. This is what I'm going to put my head and my heart and my body into to make it real in my life. I'm going to manifest this. Because this is what my soul wants. And the soul will be the, the sort of foundational push and drive and motivation to get that done. And it will accomplish it of its own accord because it is now the functioning entity in your life. It is now your feet, your hands, your, your walk, your talk, your decisions. The authentic self becomes that over time as you surrender more and more to what it is that is your deepest, truest essence. And, uh, you know, I don't know that I'm completely authentic, but I'm a whole lot more authentic than I was 20 years ago, for sure. And I plan to be even more authentic before I die. And I, that, that is the direction for my life because authenticity is very, very important to me and it does give me peace, and bottom line, it gives me peace, it allows me to live into my desires, it allows me to have relationships that are real, it allows me to speak my mind when I need to, it allows me to stand up and and be in that strength of the authentic, there is no greater power than the authentic self, being in that strength is huge, we become 10 feet tall in response to that, so uh, this whole thing of personal empowerment isn't what we've been taught to believe it is, it isn't Power to influence other people, although it does influence other people. That's not its central purpose. Surrender to personal empowerment means allowing the self to be the self. Allowing the soul to be the soul. Letting go of those things that prevent that and, and diving into the soul so it becomes a central core direction and power and empowerment for our lives. So that's how surrender can become personal empowerment. So we're going to be back again next week with more about authentic living. And you want to be here for that. It'll be next Wednesday, 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern. And uh, remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
0: Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.